Ladies and gentlemen, the White Buffalo arrived to a police escort and uncorked Parker Thune back into the studio, the Brown O'Haver Studios here on this Monday. What's happening? How, how about Jackson Arnold last Thursday night? Was We said that he painted a masterpiece is what he did. It was a Rembrandt. Uh, yeah, that boy good, Steely. Yeah, he is there, good. Is there right. anybody... Is there anybody out there that's still doubting Jackson Arnold is one of the top quarterbacks, if not the absolute top quarterback in this 2023 yeah, class? Because he's pretty good. That was not a shabby Allen football team that he and Geyer went up against on yeah, Thursday night. And he was in total talented. control. Yeah. Total I, control. I mean, in fact, he didn't they uh, like the three passes that were incomplete where one was like dropped and then, uh, I mean, the ball was there. On both of them, it seemed like. And again, I I, I like the nearly sixty yard touchdown run, man. He uh, he showed some wheels. Malachi Coleman even quote tweeted that boy moving. Malachi Coleman also not moving. He committed to Nebraska <laughs> over the weekend, as yep. expected. As so there's expected. that. But now that we talk about it with Jackson Arnold, a he has an understated running ability, which you saw on that touchdown scamper, and b. He is so incredibly efficient and accurate as a passer. And it wasn't as if he was just throwing checkdowns all day, right? That was It wasn't as if – I forget his final line. I think it was 26 of 29 uh, for upwards of 300 yards and four passing touchdowns. He had factor in the rushing touchdown. I think he was – if he didn't crack 400 total yards, he certainly approached it. But what stood out is that he made all the throws you could ask a quarterback to make. And – place them all exactly where they needed to be placed any any game anytime you have more touchdown passes than incompletions in a football game that's how you know that's you're pretty good with somebody pretty special yeah i would say you're gonna have a good night when that happens and by the way again basically running jeff levy's offense it's uh, about as close as you can get at the oklahoma offense at that level terminology maybe a little bit different once it gets to norman and there are a few new wrinkles here and there but it's very close to the oklahoma Offense. All right. Uh, haven't heard anything on Caden McDonald. He was at Clemson over the weekend. Man, Clemson was close to that L against Syracuse, but they rallied to get it done. Uh, and then you had Peyton Bowen at Oregon, and the Ducks won pretty impressively against UCLA. But uh, do you expect anything from Caden McDonald? Do you think it's going to take a while? Well, his commitment is set for one week from today. 31st. Monday the 31st. Yep. Again, there's confidence in the Florida camp, there's confidence in the Clemson camp, and there's a quiet confidence in the OU camp. So, a week out from decision day, I don't know that I would feel comfortable projecting that any one of those three schools is in the driver's seat to land Caden McDonald. Here's what I do know. Todd Bates is going to be down to watch his game this coming Friday. So, Oklahoma is going to continue to work the angles here. Obviously, Clemson got the last word by virtue of the final official visit this past weekend, but... OU is going to continue to press, and we'll see where things stand when we come on the air next Monday because it does look like OU has positioned themselves clearly among the top tier, the top three in this recruitment. I think it's going to come down to OU, Florida, or Clemson. Ohio State and Michigan were also in the top five. I'm not really buying either of those just because of the distance factor and much has been made of that over the course of McDonald's recruitment. Oklahoma seems to be the one spot that's – far away from home that there seems to be some comfort with yeah and uh look jackson arnold knows Caden mcdonald well they played uh, little league football together when jackson arnold was back in the state of georgia 
So uh, maybe that's a little bit of an advantage for the Sooners down the stretch as well. But it feels like uh, Clemson got the last uh, visit again over the weekend. But we'll see. Again, a week from tomorrow, the decision coming up for Caden McDonald. All right. Uh, let's get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. How do you define success for the rest of the season? Well, this listener says success for the rest of this season has more to do with keeping the recruiting class together than a certain number of wins. If we only win one more game this year but can keep the recruits, I would call that a success. If we win but half our top-tier guys leave, that would be a much bigger failure than winning a few extra games this year. Our focus has to be on the future at this point because we all already know we aren't winning a Big 12 championship or a national championship. So let's focus on next year. What do you think? What is more important, uh, getting to like seven wins or – you know what? I, I kind of lean to – now, look, you don't want to finish under 500. I, you, you need to get to 6-6 six and six and get bowl eligible. But saving this, what could be a historic recruiting class, particularly if Peyton Bowen flips and you get maybe a, to Celia Connor and Caden McDonald and maybe you get somebody else big down the stretch and you get to like 26 names and you're the number two class in the country It's pretty big. If you can save that class, man, that's huge. Well, I think the two – in terms of winning and recruiting well, go hand-in-hand to a certain extent, at least when you're talking about your current group of commits. It's all the more difficult for a recruit to back off a pledge when the school he's committed to is winning and playing really good football. The only time, really, Steely, the only time we start to speculate about, oh, is XYZ recruit going to decommit, is when the team that they're pledged to is losing or struggling. Now, that's not without exception, but in general, that's the case. That's why there was so much buzz early in the year about, oh, is this Notre Dame class going to hold together? And by the early portion of this month, everybody was kind of buzzing about whether Oklahoma would be able to keep their class together. Right now, there's a lot of worry about Texas A&M being able to keep their class together, even though it's not a huge class right now in 2023 as it is. So teams struggle That's when you start to be concerned about decommitments. As long as you're winning football games, the risk there is mitigated to a certain extent. No doubt. I agree. And the first order of business is to try and take care of business and win that game Saturday in Ames against Iowa State. All right. uh, 972, go ahead. The future is now. Win games. You get the recruits. That's kind of what you just said right there. Yes. Uh, From Enid Bill. If we show growth each week, we should win at least three more games, and I would consider that a success. What do you think? Which would be 7-5 and five in a bowl game. Uh-huh. I mean, based on what happened in Fort Worth and Dallas and where they were and even going back to the Kansas State game, but at least it felt like they, they were in that Kansas State game until really late. Um, yeah, I, I think particularly after uh, that three-week stretch, you know, some people are thinking, man, this could be like a four and eight team. Um, so yeah, I I think seven and five would be success, and I think you'd probably be able to hold on to uh, maybe all but maybe a couple recruits. Maybe 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 you're able to at seven and five and go into a bowl game, keep the entire class. So we'll see. All right, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Another listener says, success for the OU football program will be 2022 in the rearview mirror. What a disaster this year has been. Did they all of a sudden forget how to play football? Did the coaches all of a sudden forget how to motivate a team? This has been a disaster on par with Pearl Harbor. That seems more than a little <laughs> bit over the top. Well, loss of lives versus lost football games. You know, they're on the same level. Come on. But, look, I, I think, again, after 
the way Oklahoma went to Lincoln and absolutely destroyed Nebraska, and it could have been worse than 49-14. to 14. Some of us bought in too much, including myself, and it was some fool's gold. Uh, I, we were stunned, I think, in some ways in the Kansas State game and then absolutely bewildered by what happened in Fort Worth because that, that may have been the worst defense I've ever seen an Oklahoma football team play where guys are just running wide-ass open, you know. Uh, and then Texas pushed Oklahoma around. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of Sooner fans will see how it plays out. I have a feeling they're going to get better down the stretch. And, uh, look, again, they have a chance. They have a chance with that offense. If they can keep Dylan Gabriel upright, they keep those guys healthy. You know, you bring Marcus Major back. You bring uh, Billy Bowman back on defense, you know, for this game this weekend. And that things will get a lot better there. So, they they have a chance, and if you somehow can finish nine and three after that debacle, that three week debacle, that's unbelievable. Let's hit a couple more before we get to a break. Camo Sooner says, "I think realistically, you just need to keep improving. When you're laying the foundation, you have to show that the philosophies are starting to take hold." That's fair. Another listener, uh, this comes from Patrick, says, "Texas A&M had better worry about everyone going in the portal after the year." Yeah, listen, I. I, I just want to once again reference, and I think this was in January or February, on or around National Signing Day. Texas A&M, of course, was in the midst of signing the best class in the history of modern recruiting. And on this show, I predicted among Texas A&M's 30 scholarship signees in the class of 2022, at least half of them would not finish their collegiate career as Texas A&M Aggies. I was hearing you said Keep that. Keep that in mind. And because eight eight five stars in that class. Was it, I think that was the number. What yeah. eight five stars? Keep that in mind, folks, because things are not great down in College Station right now. How about now. Ro- oh, Ross and, New York? You know what? Let's uh let's go ahead and re up Jimbo. And by the way, wants an eighty six million dollar buyout. Everybody good? Okay, yeah. Let's find this. <laughs> that is not good. That is not good. All right, and uh, South Carolina returned the opening kickoff. Shane Beamer and company, and uh, they special get the teams, w- man. Yeah, special yeah. teams. The Beamers, no special teams. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Frank Beamer, one of the great special teams head coaches in the history of college football, and uh, Shane Beamer was missed, obviously. Um, you know, because well, Oklahoma decided we don't want to really pay attention to special teams in the end days with Muleshoe. Special teams matters, Steely, and you're seeing it every week, not just with South Carolina, but also with – you think back to that Alabama-Tennessee game. We yeah, swung that game. No doubt. Biggest game of the year to this point. One of the biggest teams. One of the biggest plays of the game in the OUK State game. And K-State's always really good on special teams. Was Knowles' big kickoff return when the Sooners got all the momentum back in the game. Boom. 60-yard return, great field position, momentum goes back to K-State. By the way, South Carolina, 2-0 and in the month of October – that's As Josh Pate has dubbed it. That's Hopefully I'm allowed to say that on the air. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to break right here. We're coming back. We'll take more of your uh, texts. Keep them rolling in. Air Comfort Solutions text line always available to you, 405-651-3439. Thank you to Last Year Home Comfort Systems sponsoring our first hour on a Monday, a rainy Monday here in Norman, America. Home of Sooner fans, the ref, coming right back.
Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. Yes, well, you can trust that it's raining right now. You know, if I didn't have to do a stream later today, it would be Nap City, USA. This is perfect napping weather. Really good, especially if you're old like me. All right, welcome back. Riverwind Casino, sponsor of our hotline, 405-329-9000. Riverwind with over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games as well. They have the best bars and dining, the Coop Ale House Bar, the River Buffet with a steak night on Friday, a seafood night on Saturday, and a tremendous buffet on Sunday. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant back open for business after a real quick renovation there. It is awesome. They've got a a great food court. And don't forget, coming up Friday night, November 18th, on the eve of Bedlam, it'll be a Bedlam Beats and Bites show presented by Riverwind and Phillip 66. Friday night, November 18th, the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. Bring your folding chairs, bring the kids. It's a kid-friendly environment. All the great local food trucks will be there. Games for the kids and a great outdoor show Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. Tickets are only $5 at the box office and at Riverwind.com. Another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. All right, let's get back to everybody on the text line, 405-651-3439. The Air Comfort Solutions text line. One listener from the 918 says, The schooner not flipping would be a successful season. You know what? The uh, the schooners had, uh, schooners had, what now, two incidents, the Colorado game, and uh, what was the recent game where there was a, they blew a tire or whatever or blew a wheel? It was West Virginia it in was 2019. A, it was the West Virginia game. That's yep. right. So, yeah. So, there you go. All right. Asking you again, if you want to answer this and anything else you have is fair game as well, what do you define as success for the Sooners the rest of the year? Uh, this listener for the 918 as well says, not saying it happens, but 10-3 and three is still on the table. Another says, this was the season of overreaction. First stop the bleeding, then improve. Another listener says, nothing can define success for the rest of the season. The issue is, 7 out of 10 would be a complete 180 on defense. They're currently at a 1 out of 10. I don't see them improving 700% in the coming weeks, but I could be wrong. Regardless, if they win out, the season would still be an utter failure. Time to start looking at next season. I don't know if I would go that far, Steely. If they win out, if this is a 10-3 and football team at year's end, is that an utter failure? No, that's not an utter failure. I mean, Especially uh, with one of those losses coming <laughs> on an afternoon where you virtually had no offense. It, it would show you that the culture is starting to take hold. If you come back and rally and win out after, I mean, that's, that's as bad of two-game stretch in particular of Oklahoma football as I've ever seen. Now, you know, and you can go back to the John Blake years and everything, but based on a team that has uh, some pretty good players, and look, I know John Blake's players, he recruited some good kids who ended up some of those winning a national championship with Bob Stoops. But that was the worst two-game stretch of football I've seen. And if you can turn that around and win out, that shows you that, again, they didn't quit and the culture is starting to take hold if they do that. This listener says, this is from Sean, you must beat Oklahoma State. You can't lose to them and Texas in the same <laughs> yeah, year. I, I just want to yeah. know, I am officially done doubting Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy, man, from, I'm I, telling from you, he's now a coach. On, he's a coach. From now on, I don't care how much talent there is or isn't on that Cowboys roster preseason. I am never again going to be skeptical of Gundy and that Oklahoma State football program because I didn't think there was a chance in the world – that they were going to even be in contention for a New Year's Six Bowl last year. 
obviously they came a whisper from winning the Big 12 title and ended up rallying to knock off Notre Dame in a New Year's Six Bowl. This year, I figured, okay, they're going to regress the mean. Kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year. His team's just as good as they were in 2021. He's, he's a heck of a football coach, man. And he puts together a good staff. And, you know, you lose Jim Knowles, who was unbelievable. And Derek Mason's done a nice job. They stopped Texas in the second half. And uh, think about it, without Brock Martin, with, a, with the Brendan Evers uh, announcement earlier in the week, Mike Gundy, man, I'm telling you, he's in a great spot right now. He's got an athletic director he really likes, a president that he loves. He doesn't have to deal with the Boone Pickens battles or the Mike Holder battles. He is – and he's a heck of a football coach. He really is. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Sooner Ryan says, I say beat USC in the holiday or Alamo Bowl. That sounds good to me. What would you think about matching up with Mule Shield? The only problem oh, is boy. you don't want to lose to Mule Shoe. Oh, boy. Maybe wait a year before Mule Shoe. What do you think? Because, I mean, Caleb, he's playing great. Jordan Addison, man. They, so, are, they, hang on. Are you saying – Travis Dye. Are you saying OU should be intimidated by USC and I don't Mule know. Shoe? I don't know if intimidated. Are you intimidated? I'm just saying that defense, unless they get better, I mean, USC would put 50 on them. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. You know? I'm just saying – I. The, the last thing you need after a season like this, let's see, they would have to get to, to match up with them, they would have to get to like nine wins, right? Eight or nine, uh, eight, probably nine, yeah, you'd nine have to, three. You'd have to finish third in the Big yeah. 12, and USC would have to lose the Pac-12 championship, which at this point, that's actually very realistic. Like This yeah. is, this is on the table. Playing. Yeah. Look, I, I love to face off against them, but the last, the last dagger you need in a down season is a loss to Mule Shoe in a bowl game. I, I might jump off the water tower over here in Norman. Be right back. Stay with us. We're going to be talking for another hour here on uh, the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network on your Monday afternoon. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you, locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas. Coming up at the top of next hour, the Sooners in Iowa State, 11 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. Our pregame show begins at 7 a.m. right here on the Ref Saturday morning. Very early, a rooster kickoff there in Ames. All right, Parker Thune, uh, you were at the uh, Jeff Levy Ted Roof press conferences. Anything stand out at the press conference today? They did not want to talk about DJ Graham, Steely. Hmm. Uh, there are a couple of reporters that were trying to grill Roof and Levy on their thoughts, their perspective on DJ Graham's move from cornerback to wide receiver. And both Levy and Roof said, eh, we're not touching that. Uh, that's a question for Coach Venables, hmm. which interesting. was interesting to me. Because yeah. I'm like, you know, like, why can't you talk about it? Why can't you offer your thoughts? You don't have to go into detail on what prompted the move, or you don't have to give away any company secrets, but 
can at least talk about how his versatility makes him a natural fit on both sides of the ball and is going to ease the transition. I don't know. Something? Interesting. Very interesting. See, that just leads to more questions. So, uh, all right, there you go. What about uh, Rush 3, Drop 8? Iowa State's was uh, – they were Mule Shoes kryptonites in many ways, right? Uh, and the Sooners got – you know, they got some – not that they never beat Iowa State, but it was always, man, that that system. Matt Campbell does a good job there. And, again, known for what they do on defense. Jeff Levy talking about how unique that defense is. And um, how much of that will they see coming up this weekend? Iowa State's always a tough defensive team. And that was one of the things that uh, Jeff Levy talked about at length as well was, look, a lot of teams try to do what Iowa State does defensively. Iowa State just does it a lot better than a lot of the other teams that try to mimic that same format, that same style. And the reason is because there's always a ton of experience amongst that Iowa State defense. John Heacock is a really good coordinator. And, of course, when you have Matt Campbell at the top, it's a very well-led team. And I guess the best parallel that you can draw within the conference is honestly probably Kansas State. There are a lot of similarities, not necessarily in terms of scheme, but just in terms of the overall demeanor and the flourish with which they play defense between Kansas State and Iowa State because – those are two programs that never recruit at an elite level on both sides of the ball. They, they, you really can't at a place like Kansas State or at a place like Iowa State. However, what they do do is they don't beat themselves. They don't bust coverages. They fit runs effectively. And you really have to scheme guys open. You have to get creative with your play calling. And you have to execute well offensively if you're going to break through against Iowa State or against Kansas State defensively. So I I think this is going to be an interesting challenge for Oklahoma this weekend, especially on the road, because you think about the road trips that Oklahoma has taken thus far this year. I, I don't, does the Cotton Bowl really count as a road trip? Yeah, kind of, I guess. Okay. Well, I mean, so there's that. Uh, they were very impressive up in Nebraska in that win over the Cornhuskers. But when they went to TCU, man, things snowballed. Oh, and I yeah. and things snowballed in no small part due to the electricity of that TCU crowd and the momentum that the Horn Frogs were able to accrue on their home field. That comes into play. So you can't let Iowa State start to get momentum early at Jack Trice Stadium, which is a really tough place to play in general, Steely. No doubt, and uh, Iowa State got off to a 3-0 start, and again, they beat Southeast Missouri State, and they beat uh, Ohio U, but they did win in uh, Iowa City against the Hawkeyes, and I know that Iowa's big-time challenged on offense, but they won that game. Then they lost by seven at home to Baylor. They lost by three on the road, uh, you know, in Lawrence against Kansas. Lost a one-point game at home against Kansas State 10-9. Then they went to Austin, had a great chance to win, maybe should have won, lost a three-point game to the Longhorns. So, Again, uh, this team will be ready for Oklahoma. It'll be a challenge for Oklahoma. But it's obviously if the Sooners can go out and play well and play, you know, at least decent defense. Uh, Iowa State is the worst offensive team in the conference. But, again, you've got a guy like who's explosive like Xavier Hutchinson at wideout. 
Um, I don't think Hunter Deckers is a you know an elite quarterback, but he's not that bad. But they have been the worst team in the conference offensively. But the Sooners' defense has been not very good too. So, um, so the key for Oklahoma get a couple stops, and again, if uh, on offense, take care of the football, win the turnover battle. You know, um, you know, win special teams if you can too. And you'll have a great chance to go there and win, but we'll see. All right, uh, let's hear from Jackson Arnold. He was on the OU Insider podcast. Brandon Drum talked to Jackson. Uh, this was uh, the day after, again, the uh, Denton Geyer squad led by Jackson Arnold uh, drilled Allen in that Thursday night game on ESPN2. And Jackson Arnold looked like, well, he looked more than a five star, he looked like a six star kid. He looked unbelievable. Caden McDonald, again, visited Clemson over the weekend. And uh, the defensive lineman, again, has Oklahoma on his list. It'll be a week from tomorrow when Caden McDonald makes his decision. And, again, now this, this interview was recorded right before the Clemson-Syracuse game. So this is Jackson Arnold uh, talking to Brandon Drum about OU's chances with Caden McDonald. I feel good about um, the spot we're in right now. Um, obviously, he's at Clemson today. And they get the, as you said, they get the last shot in his recruitment. And that can, that can always be a factor. They can't, but I mean, if they lose today, you know, who knows what will happen. Um, is is this his last official visit? Better pray Clemson loses because, uh, I mean, that <laughs> last visit can't be special. It really can. But, I mean, he loved his visit at OU. He was having a great time in Norman last weekend. Uh, obviously, I wasn't with him the entire time, but when I saw him during the game and after the game, he was having a great time. And I think he was staying mm-hmm. in a really good spot. I really do. There you go. And uh, as you know, Parker, Jackson Arnold knew Caden McDonald from an early age. They played Little League football because yes, indeed. Jackson actually is from the state of Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually matriculated to uh, to Denton, Texas. But how would you rank the contenders? You said it's a three-horse race, you think, Oklahoma, Clemson, Florida. Uh-huh. Would you put them in any order, or do you just jumble them all up and think it's <laughs> – it's just one of those I, three right I, now. I really, again, Steely, I, I'm really not convinced that there's any one school among those three that are better positioned than the rest. I would probably elevate OU and Clemson over Florida a little bit right now. If I, if you ask me to pick one of those two, I'd flip a coin right now. Uh, but there is a lot to be determined, a lot to be decided over the course of the next seven days prior to Caden McDonald's commitment. I don't think... Hey, here's the best way I can say it. I don't think even he knows right now where he's going to end up. Any uh, buzz on Samson uh, Okanlola? <laughs> I mean, he may visit. It's just – here's what I do know. Across the industry, there is absolutely no consensus as to where the kid is going to go or even where he's leaning at this point. Uh, the word that was used – uh, when I talked to a source about Samson Okanlola this past weekend was crapshoot. So, I, it's better than nothing if you're an OU fan, but it's not something you should get your hopes up over because it's just... Until he visits, this is literally a shot in the dark. If and when he visits, then maybe we can start having a more serious conversation yeah, about... Yeah, to get him on campus first. Okanlola to the Sooners, but... Uh, right now, you got to hold out and hope that he does end up taking the visit and then see what kind of progress OU is able to make. And he is the 6'5", 310-pound offensive tackle out of Brockton, Massachusetts. Who was the uh, famous Brockton? 
Wasn't Marvelous Marvin Hagler from Brockton, Massachusetts? Steely. I believe that he was. Oh, my god. And gosh. that would be somebody famous from Brockton, Massachusetts. I don't know behind. how you know this stuff. Well, ask me something again from like a week ago, and I'll have no clue. It'll be Cricket City. But ask me something from, you know, way back when. Long-term memory, 9 out of 10. Short-term memory, 0 out of 10. Any buzz about Brownlow Dindy or Overton leaving? Ask Les on the Air Coverage Solutions tax line. He is asking about the potential A&M exodus. What do you think? Uh, no comment on those two specifically because I'm not one to throw names out willy-nilly, whether that's OU players or players elsewhere as to who might end up transferring. But I, as I mentioned – I do think there's going to be an exodus, and I do think there will be several members of that 2022 class that look elsewhere. So people can take that for what it's worth to them. So that means uh, DJ Hicks is flipping too, right? <laughs> By the way, you were exactly right. It was Marvin Hagler that's from Brockton, Massachusetts. I thought that was right. I, I was trying to think the Easton assassin was Larry Holmes from Easton, PA, but marvelous Marvin Hagler was from Brockton, Massachusetts. I wonder if there's anybody else from Brockton, Massachusetts, besides – Marvin Hagler and Samson Okanlola. Go ahead and Google it up. See what I can find. Okay. Uh, Seth Wadley Auto Group at Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal in a car. On a truck. SUV. Pre-owned vehicle. They have the best selection. And they have the amazing guarantee. Oil changes. Engines for life. On newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. And again, we like those words put together. No additional cost to you. Because everybody in business, pretty much, is trying to make sure there is plenty of additional cost for you. They're shady, very, very shady. A lot of business people. But not our sponsors, and certainly not the Seth Wadley Auto Group. All right, it's the Homo Sooner fans coming right back. More texts on the way, more recruiting information on the way. And uh, we'll talk about, man, Paul Feinbaum comes down on Texas A&M when we get back as well here on The Ref. Oh, A&M, man, they have dropped three in a row. The Aggies lost in Starkville by nearly three touchdowns. They lost to Alabama, played Alabama tough, lost by four, 24-20. And then after a bye week, A&M goes to Columbia, South Carolina Saturday, gives up the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks win 30-24. They're in Columbia, dropping A&M to 3-4. and four. A&M has Ole Miss at home coming up this weekend, and they play a home game against Florida to start out November. They go on the road to Auburn. They play the crazy late-in-the-year SEC non-con matchup against UMass. And then they close out the season at Kyle Field against LSU November 26. So there is a chance that A&M maybe only wins that UMass game, and that would be 4-8 and eight for the Aggies. Now, I think they'll probably win a couple. 
What do you think for A&M? Out of that stretch, they have Ole Miss, Florida, and LSU at home. They go on the road to Auburn, and they play UMass at home. Oh, boy, Steely. Five and seven. That's a five and seven team right there. Man. I don't know if they get to a bowl game. Yeah, They're going to have to upset somebody yeah, because I, I bet they're favored against Auburn. I'd concede that. So let's like, let's just go by the spreads. They're going to be underdogs to Ole Miss. They're going to be underdogs to Florida. They're absolutely going to be underdogs to LSU. They lose those three games. They're three and seven, heading into the final two weeks of the season. Yeah, the only way they're not an underdog to LSU, and LSU played well over the weekend. It was a nice win by Brian Kelly, who's also a scumbag. You know, represented by Trace Armstrong, the agent. Um, you know, if they win at Auburn, they beat UMass, and depending on what happens with LSU, who knows what that spread could look like. But if you look at it right now, yes, you're right. You are correct. All right. Paul Feinbaum, Mr. SEC, said yesterday on ESPN that uh, Jimbo Fisher just was not a good hire. Come on, Paul. Come on, computer. Where are you at, Paul? I don't know how else you can characterize this. If the predicate of every sentence is, but he won't be fired because he has an $86 million buyout, then what's what's the subject? Uh, the subject is, this has been a bad hire. Um, and what's even worse than that, what had Jimbo Fisher done to encourage Ross Bjork, the athletic director, to give him an extension that that made it impossible to fire him. I, I mean, you have to look, at least in, in the short term, as that being one of the worst decisions an athletic director has ever made. Uh, he's going to be on the hottest seat in the history of hot seats next year. Uh, I, mean, I, that, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. There you go. Who is the biggest dork, Ross Bjork or the singer Bjork? There's a singer named Bjork? Yeah, she, she wears... Interesting fashion choices. Okay. So uh, just. I have no background or context for anything. Go ahead and Google up Bjork. Do I want to? You'll you'll see some interesting fashion choices. Okay, I'm not sure I want to. Jimbo Fisher, any comment on the whole situation? I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to hide, and our program has nothing to hide. Be interesting if everybody could say that. There you go. (laughs) Oh, you've got plenty to hide, Jimbo. Plenty to hide. The problem is right now it's all out in the open. If you're Jimbo, though, it's kind of a win-win because you get fired, get that buyout. Hey, you never got to work a day Dude, in your life. If I got to buy out all these people, man, you know what? You really need to work. No, you don't. If you got to buy out, you know what? If somebody dropped a million dollars in my lap, I love you guys. I love the vineyards. I, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to talk sports. Then, you know, do just be a. You know, some nerdy guy talking sports on the radio. Been very fortunate. But I would uh, I would go and figure out something to do. Sitting on the couch, napping, playing very bad golf, particularly off the tee right now, and uh, doing something. I could figure out something to do. I know that Bob Stoops tried it, you know, went got that bass boat and everything. Still had the itch to play football. How much money stops the itching that's what i want to know and a million would do it for me if there's anybody out there that has a wealthy relative and you want to you know donate to a cause you can donate to my cause if you want me off the air i'll retire for a million 
One listener says, let's start the mule shoe to A&M rumor. Oh, gosh. Uh, mule shoe is not an A. He is, I mean, L.A.'s perfect for him. You know, it's all about you in L.A. It's all about trying to get the attention. Okay, but. It's all about. But mule shoe with wealthy boosters would be. Exactly. You know, that would be. Exactly. Hand in glove. Maybe Malachi Nelson, first of all. <laughs> Would be wind up at a oh, with, with Mule Shoe. Imagine that Jimbo gets fired in December. Mule Shoe takes the job and brings his entire class with him. Well, yeah, it's, that's exactly what he'd do. There's no doubt, right? Yeah, I love speculating about Mule Shoe's next destination. It never becomes any less entertaining. Uh, this listener says, "Go back five years and see what Paul said about the fight in '83s." That's referring to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. That's Tyler McComas's moniker. Yeah. Uh, what did he say? I'd be curious to know. Because uh, offhand, I can't. I I don't know. I don't keep up with Paul Feinbaum for the most part. Ross Bjork, biggest Doric singer. Bjork, amazing vocalist. So there is a vote for Ross Bjork, a bigger Doric than Bjork. <laughs> uh, this this listener <laughs> says, "Wait, Bob has a bass boat." I yeah I remember reading about that. I haven't received an invite yet. Now I don't know if this is true or urban legend, and maybe they can ask Bob about this. Um, I had heard one time that Bob went out fishing. I can't remember if it was Jimmy Houston. You know Jimmy Houston, oh you guy, um, and that they were on a bass boat, and allegedly Bob. Not only cast his line, but cast the entire fishing apparatus into the lake. Oh, boy. Now, I don't know if it's accurate or not. Hey, go ahead and Google it up. Uh, maybe they can ask him about that at the time he's right in the rush tomorrow. But that that was the rumor. When was the last time you went fishing? Oh, my Steely? gosh, dude. I used to love to fish back in. When I was a kid, we did two things in the summer. Well, three things. Collect baseball cards. Uh, play baseball and go fishing, mm-hmm. and usually sneaking onto somebody's property to find a farm pond. And we got in trouble, by the way. We got caught out in an old man's boat on his farm pond one time when this pick him up truck came flying over the horizon, and he was not happy. Told us to get our little asses off his property. And then there was a gun in the gun rack, too, so we, we left and apologized profusely. But uh, I used to love to fish, but I just I, I just don't do it now. But I was never a hunter, but I, mm-hmm. I love to fish. Did you ever get a treble hook stuck in your hand? A treble hook. Yeah. I got I think got one of the hooks, not the whole treble, but that getting I'm just a big yeah, enough idiot. Treble to hooks have done are that. dangerous apparatuses. They are very dangerous, yes. I know I, I was always just more just a standard hook, standard worm. I'm trying to think. There was so my vacation or my family used to vacation every other year at Table Rock Lake in Missouri. Beautiful lake. Yes, Beautiful fantastic, lake. fantastic. Good fishing, ah, not great fishing. Good fishing. The fishing is good. We took Some a vacation years- there, man. One year, uh, I don't know. I was probably like 14 years old. We went to Table Rock Lake, and then we went to uh, the worst amusement park in the history of amusement parks, which was what was the name of that place? Silver Dollar City. Silver Dollar City? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been there. I mean, What it made it the worst? Too many arts and crafts, man. I, you know, <laughs> and a water ride, that was about it. You know, and it was like, what is, okay, I've seen this dude's blowing a glass thing for every other deal. 
They, what is their big thing? It's, oh, succotash. Succotash. Which is corn and lima beans, nah. I think. If I remember correctly, I don't know. It's been years. Lima beans it's are been evil. Years. That's a pairing of good and evil. Corn's good. Lima beans are pure evil. Yeah, I could, I think I'm right on that. But succotash is like their big uh, food offering at Silver Dollar. My parents did their best. Like the iconic staple. It still had fun. Still had fun. And my parents, you know, loved them to death. I miss my dad so much. And they arranged that vacation. But I, as a kid, you know, you're thinking, this amusement park sucks. I'm surprised by that. I always liked Silver Dollar City. Did you? Yeah. I, I didn't find it to be the worst. Well, you were a milk and cookies kind of kid. I was a rock and roll kid, man. Okay, that's, I that's was, fair. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, love, I love the way you. <laughs> I love those categories. Milk and cookies kids, yeah. rock and roll kids. That's right. It was like John Bender versus Brian Johnson. I was John Bender. You're Brian Johnson of the Breakfast Club. I know you have no idea about the reference, but you should. Rocky Marciano was also from Brockton, Massachusetts. How about that? I did not know that. I knew that Marvin Hagler was. Uh, this listener says, might want to revisit Silver Dollar City. It's amazing. Just got back. Like I said, this was back in like 1977 or something like that. Kendall says, don't hate on Silver Dollar City. We just visited there last week with our kids. It's changed dramatically since you've been there. Okay, I am hating on 77 Silver Dollar City. And there was a lot of suck in 77 Silver Dollar City. I'm just saying. Uh, Patrick says, 7 million lights, best Christmas anywhere. I didn't realize that was a thing. Is that Silver a Silver Dollar City, Dollar City thing? Because we were always there in, like, June, July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I didn't realize it was, there was a whole Christmas spectacle. Jeez, there, I got the Silver is. Dollar City crowd after me now. I wasn't <laughs> expecting to be attacked by the Silver Dollar City fans. Uh, Mondays uh, Mondays can go a zillion different directions yeah, on they this can. show. They can. All right, you want to take a quick break, come back? Yeah. We should I, do that. People are asking about Peyton Bowen, so yes, I want to take a did break. Did Steely go to Dogpatch USA? I did not. Wasn't it in like Springdale, Arkansas or somewhere? That was the biggest redneck amusement park of all time. You can find, like, old photos of Dogpatch USA. You talk about a hillbilly theme park. Now, I never went there, but that's got to be the biggest hillbilly theme park of all time, would be my guess. And I've known a lot of hillbillies in my life. That was probably their favorite. Okay, break time. I think that was in Springdale, Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, X-72. Great deal, car, truck, SUV, or a pre-owned vehicle to have it for you. We'll be right back. Aha, a little take on me coming back. Very nice. Welcome back on a Monday, Mike Steely, Parker Thune. Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, Ref Radio Network. Our friends at Riverwind Casino, they have put something together very special, along with the folks at Phillips 66, Bedlam Beats and Bites, coming up Friday night, November 18th. Wade Bowen will open up the show and then the Eli Young Band will close it. It'll be outdoors, under the stars, Friday night, November 18th. 
Out at Riverwind Casino, tickets are only 5 bucks at the box office, or you can get them at riverwind.com online. Fantastic bargain. You can take the kids, take your folding chairs, get ready for the uh, metro area's best food trucks to be out there. They've got games for the kids. It'll be an exciting lead-up to Bedlam coming up the next day there at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Why not celebrate and get out and uh, enjoy Bedlam Beats and Bites with the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. Friday night, outdoors at Riverwind, November 18th. Again, tickets are 5 bucks at the box office in the casino, or you can get them online at riverwind.com. Just another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. Okay, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's go back, 405-651-3439. People got opinions on Silver Dollar City. I know. I never thought I would upset the Silver Dollar City people. Vegas... Didn't have that on the, or at least it wasn't anywhere on the bingo card today. Uh, you do have one listener on your side at the very least. Silver Dollar City is the amusement park for the olds. It sucks as a kid. The candy was the only thing that made it tolerable. They had some good taffy, yes. Uh, this listener says, Steel Man, Silver Dollar City is much better than when you were young. Keep in mind, we now have electricity. Hey now, come on man. Sooner Gary says, Steely needs to watch the documentary Class Action Theme Park. It was the best water park ever. Are you a water park guy? No. Are there water park people? Like, I feel like you age out of the water park fanaticism by, like, age 10 or 11. Am I wrong? You know, I mean, I would think so. (laughs) This listener says, back in my day, we didn't worry about Iowa State and Kansas State. Well, that's true. That's true. Patrick says it has changed a lot in the last 10 years. I think last I would have been there would have been 2010, maybe? I don't know. Some 33 years after a young steel man visited Silver Dollar City and gave it a bad Yelp review. Table Rock Lake was very nice, though. Table Rock Lake is amazing. And the Shepherd of the Hills, very, it was a good uh, passion play. The Shepherd of the Hills. Mm hmm. Context? Up there, those arcs. It's a passion play up there. You know, people get out there and act and whatnot. Pretty good. Okay, back to football here because <laughs> people are starting to ask how does <laughs> how does the Silver Dollar City debate affect OU recruiting? Which means it's officially time to switch topics. We should have um, had a kid from Silver Dollar City back in the day as a fictitious recruit, Gabby something. <laughs> Sam asks, how does Clemson pitch defensive line success to Caden when the guys that recruited and developed all those guys they're talking about are all at OU now? That's got to be a plus for OU. I mean, yeah, that, look. That does play into OU's hands. The reality that, to a certain extent, Brent Venables and Todd Bates can claim all of Clemson's elite defensive line play over the years. But what you also have to keep in mind is that right now Clemson is 7-0. and And right now OU is not 7-0, and Steely. And the head coach is still there, too. Dabble. And I know what you're saying, Brent and Todd Bates, and they had – you know, that uh, that Clemson defensive staff developed a lot of great players, so we'll see. By the way, was that from James in Muskego, Wisconsin? It is like, does Muskego mean something to you? I don't know. I'm just, that sounds like a cool place. Very cold, but maybe a cool place. Like, I bet they have really good chili in Muskego, Wisconsin. What would you think? Wisconsin chili. 
I mean, look, in, in general, you go to cold weather states, they have good chili. I don't know if there's anything particularly special about was like I think Wisconsin, I think cheese curds. Yeah, Just that's cheese in true. general. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Honestly. So uh by the way, DJ Uyungalule got benched this past Saturday. That yeah. was something. Yeah. That was a thing that happened. Okay, Klubnik got the call. Austin Westlake. Austin Westlake's own. Mm-hmm. And I think he threw four passes in the second half of that game. By they the just way, had him hand the ball off. We have gone through an entire show so far, one hour and 40 minutes. Oh, boy. Okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you were going to say. Uh, we haven't asked about – well, we did talk when you weren't here. We mentioned Peyton Bowen's name. <sighs> but we haven't mentioned Colton Vosick. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. So let's mention Colton Vosick. How does the Oklahoma State victory over Texas affect the recruiting – of one Colton Vosick. I don't know, Steely. I, at this point in time, here's what I am inclined to believe with Colton Vosick. I'm inclined to believe he's going to talk less and less, tweet less and less, generally communicate with the outside world less and less, and it's going to be a battle between OU and Texas that will probably come down to National Signing Day. Hopefully, like, here's the thing. Hopefully, you have some semblance of a re- resolution before then. But this is one of those recruitments where you can just you kind of get the sense that the verbal commitment doesn't actually hold much water right now. It doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. Similarly, Steely, OU and Ryan Yates are still talking a week after he reaffirmed his commitment to LSU. And so with recruitments like these, it's a massive headache because... It just feels like it's interminable. It'll never end. And this is how it's going to feel down the stretch with Colton Vosick. You're not going to be able to take anything as gospel. The kid could come out and say, I'm committed to Oklahoma. And there are people that are still, understandably, going to fret about where he ends up come signing day. So, again, what you're saying is what Alec Baldwin said in Glengarry, Glen Ross. Get them to sign on the line which is dotted. You hear that? You, uh, I can't repeat the next line. But, yes, you're right. I think uh, Texas has the tougher schedule left, right? They have to go to K-State. They have TCU at home. They have to go to Kansas. And they have Baylor at home. So, you know. Get two more victories than Texas. That would help. Suburb of Milwaukee, guys. Good fried cheese curds, and that's about a bit. Hey, about nailed it. that Oklahoma. one, baby. There you go. Uh, are you surprised, asks one listener, that OU has never got involved with Mateo Uyangalule, DJ's brother? Well, not really. For the same reason, I'm not really surprised that OU never really got involved with Nicholas Harbor under the new staff. You look at where those two recruitments are at right now, Oh, gosh, Steely. If I had to cover those two recruitments in addition to the recruitments of Peyton Bowen, DJ Hicks, Colton Vosick, and who was the other one we were just talking about? Ryan Yates. Mm-hmm. I might have jumped off a roof by I now. don't want to have to say Angalele that much because I'll mispronounce it, and I probably did right there. Yes, you did, you know, but so. it's okay. You're All, all is forgiven. Uh, so, no, I'm not surprised that Mateo Uyangalele was never – a target for Oklahoma. Kendall says, I make the best chili you will ever eat. That is quite the claim, Kendall, because I've eaten some pretty good chili in my day. 
Is there like a little secret sauce here? A little something special that you added? He has the Cole Adams sauce sprinkled in. Oh, my in. gosh. Another name I did not want to The only today. problem is you have to answer questions about Cole Adams while you're eating the chili. <laughs> oh, this listener says, oh, you need to find out who Colton Vosick is dating and give her a scholarship. I'm all for that. The girlfriend strategy is a proven strategy. Or you can do like, uh, we just finished up the uh, series The Americans, by the way, which was great. And I know we were late to the party, but... Um, and it'd be like a KGB agent, you know, do if you have to send a supermodel over there to hook up with Colton Vosick or be his boyfriend and, you know, make sure she's got OU gear and all that stuff you do. It's, 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 it's a nasty world out there in the world of recruiting. A&M is throwing cash. I mean, basically A&M, do you remember that promotion like at minor league sports, I don't think they ever did it in the pro sports. Like where, like the guy would run into the that little uh, uh, cubicle or whatever, or the uh, the square that was like blowing cash everywhere, and you had like sixty seconds to grab as much money as you could. That's basically what happens on an A and M visit. So you got to get down and dirty sometimes. Mule shoe. I mean, that's come back. He's going to get down and dirty. Don't sacrifice every principle, but one or two maybe. Uh, gotta play the game to win the game right that's right sometimes you gotta win dirty can you ask brian at the press conference are you willing to buy into i know there's a great culture and everything but can you agree that sometimes you gotta win dirty uh, I, I, there I would be like, like a five to eight minute answer after that. That would be. I think Mike Houck would probably hit a button on his podium <laughs> and a projector would fall from the ceiling onto my head. Well, not, not not you, not anybody from here, but let's go pay like some kid, you know, over at the J school, a hundred bucks to do it and see what happens. A hundred dollars. Okay. We'll never be back at another press conference. Okay. Got a break right here. It's a Monday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring hour number two. We are coming right back. One more award-winning segment. All right, we are back. Little ELO, don't bring me down. Jeff Lynn, brilliant. He hung out with your guy, uh, Tom Petty and Bob Dylan, and the uh, Traveling Wilburys. Yes, he did. Pretty good. Roy Orbison, too. That's right, and George Harrison. That was the real Fab Five, not the one in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay, uh, let's talk about what's happening on the Air Comfort Solutions text line because apparently there's still some anger about my comments about Silver Dollar City. Patrick said, friends, what does he say? My friends are texting me about hearing Steely ripping on Silver Dollar City. They want to know what's up. I had to calm them down. Hmm. 
I'm just saying I am talking about 1977 Silver Dollar City. A long time ago in a galaxy very far away. 35 years. Wait, 45 years. 45 years. Back then, I'm sorry, it was Silver Dollar. It was a Silver Dollar disappointment to a 14-year-old future regional radio star. That's all I'm saying. Too many arts and crafts. Too many hillbilly-looking people. The water ride, an initial soaking on the water ride didn't help the situation either because. Okay, that's true. You know, if, if you, you like, if, if you get wet early, early on, yes, it's miserable for the rest of the time. The there. log ride needs to happen yeah, towards the end yeah, of the amusement I, park day. I had this exact same experience. So that contributed to Silver Dollar City's bad Yelp review back in 1977 for me. By the way, on the text line, PSA. Free chili at the Helen Cole Women's Club Chili Cook-Off tomorrow. Tuesday night, 6 to 7.30 p.m. at Hollywood Corners. All yeah, are invited. Yeah. So Hollywood if you Corners, want some Toby chili. Play. That's a nice place, Hollywood Corners. They've got good food. And uh, have you ever been out there? It's a nice uh, little place to go out and see some live music if the weather suits. It's a, it's a cool place. Uh, this listener says, hey, Steely and Parker, I'm a journalism student at Gaylord. What was the $100 offer y'all were talking about? <laughs> we'll pay you $100 to get a projector dropped on your head from the ceiling. If No, well, if Brent is able to overlook the culture and, uh, you know, get down and dirty every now and then. Just worded like, Brent, I know you've got a great culture and you believe in certain principles, but can you throw out some of these principles from time to time in recruiting and see uh, see what kind of response it would get. Mike Halk would be – steam would be coming out of his ears. That's not going to happen. And I, I wouldn't – I wouldn't – I wouldn't actually do that. I'm not – I will – I will break a few rules, but that one I would not. Somebody said Silver Dollar City is Las Vegas for people without teeth. I, that, that's funny. I'm sorry. That's funny. And uh, I don't hate Silver Dollar City, uh, also, but that's hilarious. Also known as Steal Your Dollar City. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I guess Kendall's going to the chili cook-off. He says, I'll be there to put my chili against the best. That's that's a little bit of a trip there, Kendall. You sure you're going to make it? I, know, I can't remember who, honestly, but I know someone – that does cocoa powder in their chili. Really? And that's yeah. Cincinnati chili, right? It doesn't have chocolate in it. Oh, is that a thing? A little bit, yeah. I think so, right? Cincinnati chili has a little chocolate mixed in, if I'm not mistaken. How do you feel about other people bringing you food, though? What do you mean by that? I'm always afraid it's tainted somehow. Somebody disagreed with an opinion or something, like... My mom made you these cookies or something. I always look like, does it, do they have skull and crossbones on them or what? <laughs> I don't think anybody's out to poison you. I don't like, know. Here's the thing. If there, if somebody had a mind to poison a radio <laughs> star in this market, yeah, I don't think you and I would be high on the list. I think there are others that would be a little greater priority. Really? Yes. You want to name names? I don't know. I don't want to name names. It's <laughs> like Brandon to Jackson Arnold on that podcast. You want to name names? Oh, I'm not going to name names. You got to like Jackson Arnold. He seems like a really good kid. He is a really good kid. All right. Uh, from Dan, not even Boxcar Willie's comedy routine could redeem Silver Dollar City for this youngster in 1995. Old 
Cincinnati chili has cinnamon. Cinnamon. Chocolate reduces the acidic level in chili. Mm, I did not know that. Uh, this listener says Christmas parade at Silver Dollar City is legit, and if I say otherwise, my wife will stab me. When it's going to be coming any second. I didn't tune in here to hear all about Silver Dollar, my God, City. What's going on here? That I'm I'm shocked <laughs> that that hasn't come through yet. Absolutely, totally flabbergasted. Oh man, this listener says Parker has to watch out for the USC and A and M message board commenters. Now, yeah, which well, one despises you the most right now, the okay. Aggies or SC? I will say, so the Notre Dame board was on me for a while. I was public enemy number one over there, and then I was able to disarm them with my sense of humor, and now they kind of like me. We're on, we're on speaking terms again. Mm. Uh, the Arkansas board. Arkansas. They got really pissed when I put in a crystal ball for Mike Hawkins to Oklahoma. Uh, that's kind of gone by the wayside as more and more expert predictions have come in for Mike Hawkins to Oklahoma. They're starting to, uh, Hey, Arkansas, you got Quinn Groby back in the day and you also got, uh, who was the, uh, Felix Jones, who was, uh, Darren McFadden's complimentary back. Yeah, they had Felix Jones. They had Darren McFadden. They Mm -hmm. had Peyton Hillis all for a minute. Yeah. Um, what, what what was I? I just completely lost my train of thought. We've we've just been so all over the place. Welcome to hour. my world. <laughs> um, who's the one who says Steele have got so and so Mike Betcher that former NBC Mike Betcher? Yeah, you? former NBC yeah. Mike Betcher. Yeah, backing I've, me up. So I ain't scared of Mike Hauk. Oh, I've yeah. got John Schmelzer and maybe Mike. Be- Mike Betcher's over at the journalism school. Oh, you didn't know this. I didn't know that. Oh yes, Mike and I are very good friends. He he was a tremendous reporter back in the day I he know is that. a living legend a big time absolutely 100 percent big time has some of the coolest stories professional stories of anybody i've ever interacted has with. has he ever been to silver dollar city has he had any stories from his <laughs> i mean i know he's been overseas and everything else but what about silver dollar city we need a review from mike betcher send him there on assignment that's cool. how does silver dollar city in 2022 stack up to the silver dollar city that lives in Steely's memory from the year 1977. That's right. That was the summer of Son of Sam, too. Maybe that was part of it. 77 was, I believe. All right, we got to get out of here. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. It is big time, ladies and gentlemen. You know their guarantee oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Also, thank you to our friends at Riverwind Casino Bedlam, Beats and Bites, Friday night, November 18th. We'll see you.